Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. Joining me today is my extraordinary guest, Becca. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. Uh, so, if we uh, start at the beginning as always, uh, where are you from, Becca? Where do you live? Um, so I'm from Worthing near Brighton. I've okay. always I've always lived here. Um, I moved away for university and I went to Winchester Uni. But um, since finishing uni, I've come back and, yeah, live back in my family home for the minute. Sure. That's fair enough. Uh, you say near Brighton, I assume. As, have you been to Brighton then? Yeah, yeah, I love going to Brighton. It's just most people don't know where Worthing is, so I always naturally say near Brighton. No, yeah, no, that... Worthing is about half an hour from Brighton. Okay, that's fair enough. I guess uh, I ask it as a person who's... Um... Uh, from Weymouth, another seaside town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, often compared to Brighton. Yeah, I love living by the sea. It's so nice. Oh, that's that's fair enough. I, I admit, um, I've I've never been particularly fussed by it. I will say, <laughs> but I know uh, some people are a fan. Some, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. Uh, so, I see. Um, you know, you're here uh, to talk about uh, your disability. It is worth uh, saying that you are our second uh, who does not uh, have any sort of blindness. Uh, yeah. Do you care to uh, go into more detail, you know, about uh, what mm -hmm. uh, is your condition and uh, what it entails and all that stuff? Yeah, so I have spinal muscular atrophy type 2. Um, it's kind of like muscular dystrophy. Most people haven't heard of SMA. Um, so it's a physical condition. Um, it's a neuromuscular genetic condition. Um, basically, I am I'm in an electric wheelchair, um, and it affects basically all of my muscles. So um, I'm really, really weak. I need help doing almost everything. Okay. Um, so I need help like picking up a drink, um, I don't know, being uh, hoisted into bed, everything like that. Um, so I was diagnosed with a condition when I was 15 months old. Mm -hmm. um, it took about a year to get diagnosed um, just because it was quite an unknown condition. Sure. Um, and um, people just thought that I was kind of a slow developer. Babies develop at different stages and yep. things like that. Um, but yeah, I was diagnosed with SMA type 2 at 15 months old. Um, no one in my family has the condition or anything. Um, but the genetics work in the fact that both of my parents had to have the gene sure. um, and there was a one in four chance of me having the condition right. when they gave birth to me, but obviously they didn't know that. Um, I've got two siblings who don't have the condition, um, so yeah, it's a one in four chance every time. Right, okay. That's uh, fair enough. Soft in the way as far as the... Um... Maybe not to uh, the one in four chance element, the, uh, you know, uh, both parents carrying 
Yeah. The dormant yeah. gene. Yeah. Because uh, I know uh, I think I've uh, spoken to people in the blind community who have uh, had a sort of, who are in a sort of similar situation on that front. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to uh, growing up, and you mentioned there that you've uh, uh, always been in a electric wheelchair. Mm -hmm. uh, did you go to mainstream school? Yeah, so I went to a mainstream primary and secondary school. Um, the primary school that I went to had a really good special needs unit. Right. Um, so I, I was in all of the main classes and everything, but um, they had a unit that I could go to if like, you know, I couldn't participate in PE um, or if I needed, I think I had, God, it seems so long ago now, I had, I think, weekly physio um, in the department where um, the special needs unit was. Um, so I had all that support there, which was really good. Sure. Um, when I went to secondary school, I decided not to go to um, a school that had a special needs unit. Right. Um, in my area, everyone um, that has kind of at least a physical disability, I'm not sure about other disabilities, they're all kind of automatically um, decided that they'll go to this certain school um, in, in Angmaring. Right. Um, but I'd heard from quite a few people um, with various conditions that go there that, um, you know, they said it was a great school when they received lots of support and everything, but all my friends were going to a different school that was much closer to home for me. Um, in general, I didn't feel that I needed all of the support that I knew was at this other school in Amring, you know. Um, they had a hydrotherapy unit and regular physiotherapy and things like that, which when I was younger was really good because I didn't have the kind of initiative to do it off my own back but by the time I turned 12 you know I was I had my own routine of physio and everything that I was doing um and education has always been really important to me um and I knew that kind of some of the children were taken out of classes to do these kind of physio things and stuff which is equally important obviously but to me um I really wanted to focus on my education um, and stay within my friendship circle and stay nearer to home. So I decided to go to a mainstream school for secondary school. Um, I was actually the first um, physically disabled person to go there. Um, there wasn't anyone else at the time in a wheelchair there or with any kind of other um, severe physical condition, um, which was quite a learning curve for kind of me and the school. There was a lot of sure. things to work out. Mm -hmm. um, but they were really receptive to everything that I needed and all the support that um, I could be given. So I was really quite lucky um, with my schooling. Okay. Uh, you say that uh, you were the first uh, physically disabled student for the school. Yeah. Uh, as a result of that, did they have to install like stair lifts or anything or did they already have uh, lifts? Um, so the school was a really big school. It was three floors. Right. Um, I think almost 2,000 pupils. It was really, really big, the mm -hmm. biggest one um, around. Um, so they already had lifts there. I think even though they didn't have so many physically disabled people there, um, I think obviously some teachers would need to use the lifts or whatever. Um, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, they already had the lifts there. Um, it was more just a case of working out kind of logistics of, like, fire evacuation plans sure. um, and more kind of the support that I needed in class okay. um, I don't I don't think there were many pupils at the time that needed a PA in every single class right. um, 
and obviously um I needed help like going to the bathroom and things so um it was stuff like that that was more logistical there wasn't any kind of physical implementations they had to put in which I suppose was quite lucky sure that's fair enough and I'll get like when it comes to like getting around the school was it would you leave class say a bit early or is it just you you know would go in the corridors and <laughs> yeah you know, no again again I'm quite stubborn so um I think at the beginning they said I could leave um classes early and stuff but I was adamant that I wouldn't do that so yeah I just I left at normal time um yeah managed to get around like quickly and stuff I mean I can drive quicker than most people can walk so um I didn't have a problem with that um, sure. I couldn't use the lift on my own, so um, usually I would use the lift with my friends. Okay. Um, but if I needed to, I would ask the PA from the previous lesson to come with me to the next lesson if I needed help. Sure. Uh, and as you mentioned, you'd have someone in class with you. Is that mm-hmm. just with like, um, um, helping with like getting stuff out of your bag and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't need any kind of support with the actual work. It was just, yeah, I needed someone to get the books and pens out of my bag. Um, I don't know if we'd be doing any practical um, tasks or whatever, like, I don't know, cutting anything up or whatever. Sure. Um, then I would need the support. Most of the time, um, they would kind of stand at the back or help other students that may be struggling with the work, and then they were there if I needed them. Right. That's... Fair enough. Uh, um, so when it came to working, like I'm imagining in the uh, uh, modern day, a laptop uh, is the main way for you. As let's be honest, it is for pretty much everyone now, able or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, were you okay handwriting when you were younger? Yeah. So up until um, I finished college, really. Um, I used to write by hand. Um, I would get extra times for exams because, like, when I was writing extensively, um, my arms would get tired. But sure. in terms of general classroom work, I could keep up um, fine. So, yeah, I preferred writing by hand. Um, when I went to university and everybody <laughs> ended up writing on laptops, like you said, um, I started doing that, um, which was probably necessary anyway as I've become a bit weaker recently. Um, but yeah, up until I was around eighteen, um, I would always just write by hand. Okay, and like, and when it comes to having a surface, like, would you need to be at an adjustable desk, or is your like chair built a certain way? That... Um, see, so, yeah, I have a really good chair. Kind of, it's a bit like a transformer, so it goes up and down, lays down, and all sorts. Um, so I can adjust the height of my chair to the height of the table, which again was much easier. Um, because I didn't need to try and work out having a height adjustable table in every different classroom. Sure. So that was quite lucky. Yes, I'd uh, imagine so. Uh, when, like you mentioned uh, there, that uh, you got extra time with exams, was it 100% extra? Yeah, it was actually, which okay. was really good. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of just carried over to when I went to college. Um, which was really helpful. I didn't always use the extra time for things like maths. I didn't need it because obviously the writing wasn't so extensive. 
but for sure. longer things like English and history and things, um, I used um, yeah the extra time. No, that's fair enough. Uh, when I mean, when it comes to you know academic subjects, like you mentioned, that you know it's uh, very important to you. Like, did you have a particular favorite of interest? Um, well, I studied English at university, so um, I did always love English, and it's um, what yeah I love doing. So I'm working in marketing at the sure. minute. Um, I do love being creative. Um, interestingly, I did always love maths as well, which I know is an unusual combination. Um, sure. When I was looking to go to uni, um, I always said that if there was a degree I could do that combined maths and English, and that would be perfect for me. Um, yeah, so math and English, really, which sounds really geeky, but... <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so, as you mentioned there about your education, I know you, you talked about where you're working right now and mm-hmm. uh, mentioned uni, but we'll uh, get back to that in a bit. Uh, as far as when you were growing up, when it came to the social side of things, you mentioned uh, your friend taking advantage of being able to use the lift with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you were fine then when it came to uh, making friends and hang, yeah. hanging out with them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always harder, isn't it? But um, mm, sure. when, I was, when I was younger, children, yeah, they didn't seem to notice as much. Um, they really didn't seem bothered. I think when I was quite young, um, the wheelchairs were quite cool um, and they found them interesting. Um, I'd say the harder parts were um, when I had long, I, I was often quite ill as a child um, right. and I would have to have like several weeks off from school um, and I had a few friends obviously where um, like, I was really good friends with them we stayed friends and everything but I think when you're younger obviously and you know um, children make friends so quickly and move on so quickly um, if I wasn't there for maybe a month or so um, it was difficult to kind of maintain those friendships sure um but yeah in general i was pretty lucky um i'm still friends with several of the people from school i think in secondary school i did find it harder because obviously you're at that age where children are a bit more um judgmental um and yeah but yeah i did have really good friends um and yes about the friends you do have rather than the amount you have I know certainly I've uh, said that to people before that you know yeah it's I swear it's very much a situation where it comes to uh, quality over quantity. Yeah, definitely. And like, and when it came to like uh, hanging out, meeting up, whatever terminology you want to use outside of school, like would you go into town with your friends? Yeah. So um, yeah, not so much when I was like obviously really young but when I was around sure. like 13 14 yeah we'd often go shopping um I've always been quite a girly girl so I did like really enjoy going shopping um I was you know going to get our nails done things like that sure. um we'd go to the cinema or go out for I don't know cake I'm trying to think what we did back then hmm. um yeah I used to go out quite a lot with my friends yeah um and we'd go on days out and things like that so yeah I tried to my parents have always kind of um, instilled in me that, you know, I can do the same as everyone else, just with a few adjustments. Sure. Um, I think having my siblings has really helped because we did always just used to do 
everything that everybody else did. Right. Um, and we'd find a way for me to make it work. So that was always quite handy. No, it's very good. Uh, it's always uh, very helpful to have um, a family around you who, uh, I guess, encourage uh, that side of things. Yeah, my family are great. Yeah. Uh, glad to hear. Uh, I swear, one thing I wonder is like, how, like, how would you, like, when it came to like, say, going around friends' house? Like, was that something where you'd have to consider how accessible their place would be? Yeah, that was quite difficult. Um, most of the time, if we had, yeah, if we went to each other's houses, most of the time they would come to mine. Sure. Um, there were one or two friends, maybe. Um, that I had that their houses were accessible right. um, and if if they could and uh, the parents were always really up for it if they could they would try and um, do whatever they could I had ramps um, that obviously I could get into certain steps for but if there were several steps um, obviously that wasn't possible um, sure. so yeah, I had to get used to kind of having friends around to my house more um, but yeah, again, we're lucky. We've got a really nice house, um, and my parents were always super happy for me to have friends here. So um, yeah, that was just always how it was. Really, I think if you've never known any different, um, you don't you don't think too much about it, do you? No, of course. And I'm guessing adjustments were made to your house, or did it already? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Um, when I was three, we had a really big extension done in my house. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we had an extension done at the back. Um, originally, my bedroom was going to be downstairs, um, so they put in like an ensuite shower room. Um, but I think we quickly well, they quickly realised that um, it wasn't big enough for obviously my chair um, and my equipment and things. So when I was five, I had a um, three floor lift installed um right. so in my lounge slash dining room um there's a lift that goes up directly into my bedroom okay um which is pretty cool it goes through the floor sure yeah um and then yeah i've got hoists which are just kind of um they're a bit difficult to explain they're basically like they help me get from like bed to chair or chair to toilet or vice versa sure. um because i can't transfer myself um when i was younger um, like my parents and some carers would lift me, but obviously at 22, that's not possible now. Mm. Um, so yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and when it comes to like traveling, obviously you sort of, um, I guess got your own sort of transport, I guess with, uh, uh, your chair being electric and stuff, but I I'm guessing, um, like did your family have a, you know, a, I guess a wheelchair accessible car? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I can't remember how old I was when we got it. Um, but yeah, we got a, it's a VW transporter. Um, we got one of those and my dad converted it. So um, we had a lift put in the back right. um, so that I could drive through the back and then drive into the middle. So we took out. I think some of the chairs um, sure. and then the floor has like clamp downs on it to like attack like to secure my chair right. um, so when I go in the car I can stay in my chair don't have to transfer um, and then when I went to college I think 
when I was 16, 17. Um, I got my own car through Motability. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a similar system, it's just smaller car. Obviously, I don't need a big family car. Um, so, yeah, I have that, which is really good, which my PAs can drive me in. Um, and then I've always used public transport as well. Um, but because um, because my lungs um, are obviously a muscle and I can get quite ill because of my condition, um, I avoid public transport in the winter and obviously definitely through COVID. Um, so sure. having a car is much easier. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, so I guess to uh, go back to talking about uh, going to university... Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's uh, how we know each other. Uh, is from, well, sort of being on the same course, I guess, uh, in Winchester. So you, mm -hmm. men you mentioned there that you uh, did uh, did English, but it was also um, you did like correct me if I'm wrong. Was it was it split directly like fifty fifty with creative writing or yeah so I yeah. did creative writing with English literature right um, and yeah it was it was fifty fifty so I did two modules from each subject every semester sure that's fair enough uh, and I know you you sort of mentioned previously that uh, growing up English and maths were your favorite subjects like what what led to you choosing English over maths. Uh, um, I think part partly because of the career choices. I think I did find maths interesting and I was good at it, but I think I didn't really want to go into kind of accounting or anything like that. Sure. Um, I did want to go into the creative industry, so I think that was quite, it. Kind of lended itself to that. Um, I did A level maths and did enjoy it, but it was hard, and I I wasn't as good at it as I probably needed to be. Right. to do it as a degree so um yeah i chose english okay and and was it always uh like did you hope that you could uh involve creative writing alongside english or was that something you just came across when looking into yeah it was something unis? i came across actually i i always just assumed i'd do an english degree um right. yeah just and then kind of um convert it into like a journalism kind of course um but yeah i think it was when i was looking at winchester uni actually you know i looked at quite a few unis um sure. but one of the things about winchester uni was that i could do a combined course um which really interested me and i'm really glad i did it because i think the amount of reading that you needed to do on the english courses i don't know how i would have coped if i'd been doing solely that um but yeah i think it, i really enjoyed the course it was it combines like everything that I loved, um, and I think it was like the perfect balance between kind of solid academia um, and like expanding my creativity. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, and out of interest, because uh, did you, when it came to your dissertation, did you choose to do a creative one or did you go on the English side? We didn't actually have a choice. Did you not? <laughs> Um, mm. No, there was a bit of confusion around it at the time because right. um, we were told we did, um, yeah, and I decided, yeah, and I decided to do a um, uh, an English essay. Um, but when it came down to it, um, yeah, there was some confusion, and we had to do half and half. I think. Okay. Oh, seems, seems so long. Yeah, we did. So we had to do a five thousand word 
um, create a piece of a beginning of a novel and right. then 5,000 words of a um, academic essay um, that had something to do with the topic of our novel. Okay. And I'm guessing you've, you found it all right? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's been so long ago. I really enjoyed it. I did, um, yeah, I did a piece about disability, actually. Um, and then I looked into the cinematic and um, book representations of disability, which right. was interesting. Yeah, no, I can imagine, because uh, mm. someone I've uh, discussed with uh, friends many times, abled and yeah. disabled, yeah, uh, the representation and all that. Um, I guess uh, also we, with us graduating uh, July 2020, um, should I ask her what you uh, finished with? Uh, so I finished with the first, which... Um, I was really happy with. I wasn't sure, sure if I was going to make it, but I did, which was really, really good. Yeah, no, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, was the fact that you could split the courses, um, like as in do 50-50 creative writing and English, was that the main reason for you choosing Winchester then? Um, I'd say it was a combination of things. I, I did look at a lot of unis. I probably looked at eight or nine, I think. Okay. Um, I decided beforehand that I wasn't going to go more than two hours away from home. Sure. I wanted to ask. go far. I wanted to go far enough away that I could live at uni. Yeah. Because um, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go too far. That I was too far away from my family. Um. Or, um. Like I said, because I need help with everything. Um. When I went to university, I was given a twenty-four-seven care package. Right. Um. So I have a PA with me at all times. Um. But we knew that having PAs can be quite volatile um, so, I don't know, if somebody doesn't turn up it can be very difficult sure. um, so I wanted to kind of have that fallback that if I needed um, I don't know, someone at home to step in then I could um, so yeah obviously that narrowed down my search um, I really liked Winchester Uni and Surrey Uni um, which were quite different ends of the spectrum but in the end, I really loved Winchester City. Um, I really loved the kind of feel of the uni. It was much smaller than most of them. You mentioned the, uh, as far as situations uh, can get volatile. Have you been fortunate enough to not experience any of that? Um, no, I haven't. Uh. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah, I had. I mean, I had quite a few issues at uni with. Um, like carers coming and going, it's it's not kind of a very stable industry. True. Um, people kind of use it as a stopgap. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had some amazing carers that um, worked with me for the entire time I was at uni. Um, but in general, yeah, people people um, will move on and some people um, aren't as reliable as you'd hope them to be. Um, and sometimes my mum did have to, um, I don't know, come and step in for a day or two. Um, but yeah, it was all just part of the process, part of what we had to do. Sure. Um, and and, and for, for the most part, I was lucky with the carriers that I did have um, and the support that I was um, able to have. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Am, am I right in thinking that the carers would, were students at the uni? Um, no, they weren't students. Well, some of them were at the uni, yeah. Okay. Um, but if if they were, then that was just a coincidence. 
Um, I, I employed people that looked like they could be students at uni, um, just, I guess, so that it was easier to fit in. Sure. Um, and it just means I had more in common with them, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I spent quite a lot of time with them, and sometimes they would come out with me and my friends, so it's always helpful to have, like, actually stuff in common. Um, yeah, some of them were students, some of them were students from Winchester or other unis, which um, did always work out quite well because, obviously, I knew someone there, but um, obviously, if I'm doing uni work and stuff, I don't need support all the time, so we would go to the library together or something, and they could do their work while I did mine. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a good thing to have students sometimes. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh... You mentioned uh, liking Winchester as a city. Did you find it um, good when it came to accessibility? <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> no. It, it, it wasn't the best city. It's very old. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, um, the town that I live in, like, it's, it's pretty old as well. So I'm mm. kind of used to having to find my way around situations. Um, and I'd prefer to kind of have to, I don't know, take ramp, like a little ramp around with me than be living in the centre of London where most things are accessible. But, you know, it's a big, busy city. That's kind of not really, that's not my scene. I like going there, but I wouldn't want to live there. Um, and to be fair, I did find people in Winchester really helpful. So, you know, if there, if there was a step, like sometimes they would have ramps around the side that you maybe wouldn't see. Um, people often assume that Winchester Uni was really inaccessible, but um, the majority of the time, actually, there were kind of there were ramps or lifts in places that you didn't see them. Um, sure. So, yeah, in terms of the adaptions that they did make and the support and stuff, um, I, I'd say it was it was pretty good. I'm glad to hear. Uh, I guess, like you mentioned, with being at the uni there. I'm assuming, like myself, you would have used the uh, Disability Student Allowance, DSA? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. And as far as these um, staff members at the union, I'm guessing, uh, you've, did you find them uh, accommodating? Yeah, yeah, I've, in, yeah. In terms of disability, I found Winchester Uni really, really great. Um, yeah, in terms of any kind of adaptions I needed or not physical adaptions, more kind of, um, I don't know, because of like the care that I needed um, and the extra kind of time it would take me to do things. Certain times I would need to ask for extensions on sure. assignments um, or if I got ill, for example, um, and they were always accommodating. Um, the teachers were always really good at kind of putting the PowerPoints online beforehand so that I could um, copy and paste some of the um, content rather than writing it all out because um, I get a bit tired after like two and a half hours. Um, and yeah, I yeah I did find them really supportive. That's uh, very good to hear. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the accessibility of uh, the city. I'm guessing it's uh, something that you'll very much have to consider if you were to uh, move out of your family's home? Yeah, so, I'm, I mean, I'm looking to move out at the minute, but um, 
I, I am like a real family person. I love my family. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to move really, really far away from them. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to move kind of maybe an hour. Maybe when I'm older, I will decide to move further. But at the minute, I don't really have any plans to kind of move too far away. Um, yeah, most places around here aren't too bad. Obviously, some some cities or towns are better than others. But there's usually ways around it. And I think because... I've had my condition my whole life. I've kind of worked out when I am able to kind of find ways around it or when actually it's not going to work, so. Sure. That's fair enough. Like, and when it comes to, like, holidays, have you been on many? And have you... Yeah, yeah, we've been on quite a lot of holidays. Um, when I was younger, we... We usually holidayed in the UK just right. because flying um, with a wheelchair can be quite worrying. Sure. Uh, I think, that, yeah, half the time, I think, when you fly with a wheelchair, they either break the chair or lose the chair. Um, and, yeah, this chair is like my legs. So, um, of course. If that, if that happened, the, the holiday's kind of over. Um, so, sure. we, we used to go to holidays to centre parks. Um, oh, nice. we've been we've been to the Lake District, Cornwall, um, we've been lots of places really. And then when I was a bit older, um, we did some cruises. Um, oh, okay. and I found that actually they're an amazing way to kind of see different countries, um, sure. whilst obviously not having to fly. Yeah. So we've been around the Canary Islands and um, the Mediterranean, which nice. was really really beautiful. We got to see lots of places. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I've been to really nice places in Italy and Spain and things. Um, we once drove to Spain, which was a journey and a half, but um, had sure. a great holiday. Um, and then we did fly to Florida when I was thirteen, um, which was the most amazing trip. It was, it was great. I'm, ass- um, I'm assuming that was for Disney World. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but we we went for three weeks, so nice. um, we did loads of other things. We went to the Florida Keys, um, we did loads of stuff. Um, and then last year, no, not last year, the year before, um, mm-hmm. me and my friend went on um, like a first holiday without my family, right. and we went we went to Barcelona, which was really really cool. Um, and I did all the flying on my own and everything, which sure. Yeah, holidays always involve a lot of planning with me, like with obviously because. Um, I either have to take certain equipment with me or hire it out there. Um, hotels, particularly in other countries, aren't always very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a lot of research into finding ones that are. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm very good at planning by now. Um, so yeah, I love traveling. I really really enjoy it. So can't wait to be able to start again. Really. No, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Do you do you have any? Um, I guess. Uh, particular places you are wanting to go to? Hmm. I would love to go to the Bahamas. I think that's a bit out of my price range at the minute. <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm hoping to travel to kind of more places in Europe. No, that's fair enough. Uh, so, I see uh, earlier we uh, uh, touched upon the fact that you are currently working. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, that you were in uh, marketing uh, do you mind uh, and assuming you are able to go more into detail of what you do 
Yeah, so um, I work for a company called Creative Pod. Um, they're an outsourced marketing agency based in Crawley, um, and I'm a marketing executive for them, um, which kind of involves, so we have different clients from all sorts of industries, everything from kind of plastic surgery to construction companies. Um, and we kind of, we look after all of their marketing. So um, social media posting, um, marketing campaigns to kind of create brand awareness or engagement. And um, we do press releases and blogs for them. Um, we create like, you know, um, advertising, like Google adverts and things like that. Um, and then the company also has a web design team. Right. So we work alongside them. Okay. I was really lucky to get a job obviously during COVID and during lockdown and straight after uni. Um, and I really, really, really enjoy it. The team are really great and um, every day is kind of different. I think it really helps having such a variety of clients. Um, so yeah, it's really good. Sure, yeah. No, and when did you uh, start? Like... So I started working in September, beginning right. of September last year. So that must yeah. be almost almost eight months, I think. Like you said, so I mean, obviously, Good on you for being, uh, you know, imagine to uh, get that with, obviously, that'll be only like two months after officially graduating. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was intense, I had to apply for a lot of jobs. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, that's fair enough. And, um, I mean, it's good to hear that, um, you, you know, that you see, that you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, when it comes, I think we sort we sort of covered them potentially when uh, talking about uh, socials and stuff. But like, when it comes to uh, hobbies, like, what would you say? Uh, you know, are your main ones? Um, I mean, I would say um, reading and writing are probably my main hobbies. Yeah. Um, enough. I do really like baking. Um. And people often like, well, how do you bake? Um, but you know, I, I like I am the one that finds the recipes and things, and I kind of like say to carers how to do it and things. Sure. Um, and I, I can obviously I can do some of it, not all of it, but I really enjoy kind of that process of like turning nothing into something. Right. Um, I mean, I, I do really like shopping. I like clothes and things like that. Um, going to the cinema, going to the pub with friends, going for walks with my dog um right yeah all those sorts of things really i don't have any super cool or interesting hobbies but yeah no, that's fair enough. Uh, when it comes to uh i guess watching reading and writing like do you have a mm -hmm. particular genre that you enjoy or that you tend to write um so i tend to write contemporary realism um which when i went to uni thought sounded really fancy but it just means writing about real life stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, not really anything specific. I'll kind of do whatever the mood takes me. In terms of reading, um, I like reading kind of crime crime things mm -hmm. or kind of like psychological thrillers. Um, I do like watching them as well, but I also like watching rom-coms. So a bit of everything, really. Just not horror. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> <clears throat> No, that's fair enough. Uh, when it, you say rom coms, like, are you more of a classics person, or do you prefer the modern stuff, or mix, mix and match? Um, yeah, mix and match. I mean, I don't think probably if you 
said some of the classics, I don't think I've watched that many of them. So probably, yeah, probably more modern ones. That's fair enough. I uh, mentioned about um, taking the dog out. Is that a family dog? Yeah, yeah, he's a family dog. He's eight. Um, so we got him, yeah, when he was a little puppy. Um, he's just a family dog, but he's so lovely and, yeah, brings us all together and stuff. We go out for walks with him. Sure. So it's on the sofa with us. It's nice. Right. I guess uh, the important question is uh, what breed? What's his name? <laughs> um, he's a golden doodle, so he's golden retriever and a poodle. Um, nice. And he's called Casey, which yeah. everyone thinks is a girl, but he's a boy. <laughs> That's one of the it's one of the many unisex names, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> what about uh, so a doodle uh, cross mix? Is that a as a result of uh, wanting a a pet that uh, molt doesn't molt? Yeah. Much? So my brother's allergic to kind of animal hair that molts, um, sure. so we needed to get a hypoallergenic dog, and I've always wanted a golden retriever. Um, so we thought, you know, kind of combine that in a way that won't cause him allergies. Yeah, oh, very considerate of you. <laughs> so uh, what about, uh, like, has it ever been uh, considered by yourself, your family, uh, to get an assistance dog? Um, so, yeah, when I was little, I think it was not little, little, but kind of a child. Mm -hmm. um, it was discussed a bit more. Um, but I think they're quite difficult to get when you're a child. There's quite a few processes sure. to go through, I think, um, to do with like you know making sure the child would be able to kind of give the commands and everything. Um, and then when I turned an adult, I did look into it, but um, I think going to uni, it was such a big change for me, living away from home and everything. I kind of didn't have the headspace to kind of have something else new as well that I obviously needed to look after. Um, I think probably in a few years' time, I probably will consider it again. I think at the minute, obviously, new job and kind of hoping to move out and things. I think it's not really the right time, but it is something that I'd really like to do. And I think it was really hard with my independence. And obviously, they're a great friend and stuff. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, and I guess uh, on a, I guess on a, from a lighter topic to what some makes it a bit more of a serious one when it comes to uh, your experiences of uh, disability uh, attitude towards it like do you think it's uh, like overall been positive or that it's become more positive I think I think it's become much more positive for children I think growing up I didn't really experience much discrimination, but I think kind of under the surface there are areas that haven't been dealt with. I think, um, I think kind of the the assumptions on disabled people, you know, like I, I wasn't kind of like pointed out often or anything, but people do automatically kind of assume that I don't work, um, that I don't want a family, things like that. Um, I think it's it's stuff like that that kind of is more unspoken that takes a lot longer to realise that actually this stuff hasn't changed. Like people are still making assumptions that we can't contribute to society, we can't mm. have a family, things like that. So I think 
um, it's it's kind of the bigger aspects about like life goals and aspirations and kind of where we are on a level with able-bodied people that I think <clears throat> needs to change. Um, sure. As as opposed to kind of the more surface things of people thinking that you know we might look a bit different or we might do things differently. Yeah. No, that's. Um... I mean, I'd probably I'd echo a lot of those sentiments. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, because I suppose this is a discussion I've had with people in the past, so I'd be curious to know your thoughts, assuming you have any on this. So when it comes to the word as, as a whole, disabled, is that something that bothers you or are you just happy for it to, you know, to, I guess, be the label, as it were? Yeah, I mean... I think when I think about it, and if if you do really get down to it, obviously the word probably isn't right. It does probably come from the fact that we are less able inherently. Um, yeah, it's very much what I say. Like this yeah. is this is a negative, isn't it? Like, yeah, I I think it, personally though, um, I I've learned to pick my battles. Mm, um, sure. I think, I, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on there's a lot of things that you know I have to deal with in my personal life um in society that I do have to overcome and I think person to me um a word right now isn't as important as kind of being able to discuss more of the other factors like why they think we don't work and why some people think we can't have a family I suppose maybe you could argue it comes down to words like that but i think just changing a word won't change the problem yeah no sure i mean yeah i'd agree with that because one thing i've always said when it comes to it is is one of those classics it's only a negative if you allow it to be yeah 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 and i think like being disabled doesn't have to be a negative obviously some yeah it does at the end of the day make life harder for most of us um but it gives us good things as well and yeah i think if you focus well i don't know but personally if i focus too much on a word or kind of a phrase i find that i get bogged down and actually kind of forget the important the more important things currently going on um that i do need to focus on sure uh and i guess one thing when it comes to like the symbol of disability, like as someone who is a wheelchair user, like does it bother you that it is of someone in a wheelchair? Because I know some don't like it, some, um, you know, some aren't a fan. I mean, I guess in a similar way, you sort of said, you know, pick your battles. Is it something that yeah. doesn't bother you? I mean, to to be fair, I, I do. I often do get asked the question about the word disabled, but. I don't think I've been asked it much about the symbol of disability. Sure. I think maybe maybe I'm the wrong person to ask somebody in a wheelchair. Obviously, I don't know, being in a wheelchair is my disability. So I, it is what I immediately associate disability with. I, I imagine if I did have more of an invisible disability or something, then, yeah, I, I imagine I maybe would find it... Um, a bit more of a problem but again for me that that's something that that that's how it is i i yeah in all honesty i haven't thought that much about that one you know that's fair enough i mean 
like to, as, as someone who I guess obviously being blind, it's my disability is considered yeah. in the invisible camp. Yeah. Uh, and I know I've I've always thought it's just it's the most physically recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. I think sense. yeah. So it makes sense to me that it would. Yeah, if you think about it. logic, I mean, yeah, you need you need a symbol. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it's the most obvious one that it lends itself to, isn't it? And I think that's sometimes where, particularly in current society, we maybe do kind of run away with ourselves. You know, like um, people might rightly or wrongly pick apart, you know, that it shouldn't just be about somebody in a wheelchair. But ultimately, I imagine that it it it, it, it was made. For the reason that you said, for the ease of what people can see. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's just, it's what's, it's universally recognisable. Yeah. As a result, as well, because you know there are, you know there are people in wheelchairs like you know, all around the world. So yeah. it's And again, as said, it, it isn't an invisible, an invisible disability. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit difficult to try and visualize a non-physical disability on a sign that was easy to communicate globally <laughs> no exactly i mean i don't think you'd be able to visually represent someone being someone who is deaf very easily yeah and exactly. like when it comes to like in the case of in blind like yeah you have the guide dog but yeah. guide dogs aren't accepted everywhere yeah i was gonna say um, that yeah that could be misconstrued not everyone agrees with yeah it's not all cultures have guide dogs yeah and then when you have something like the cane um again that could be you know easily confused with the symbol for elderly people yeah yeah exactly yeah i think you're you're never gonna get it 100 percent right you're never gonna please everyone but yeah for me like for me like i said it's about kind of picking my battles yeah no yeah i do agree with that well uh i think we've uh definitely uh covered uh a lot of stuff yeah becca um and uh, did you have anything uh else that you wanted to address you know that was in your head that i haven't uh, asked or brought up um i don't think so to be honest i think we've covered a lot of ground it's been good it's been interesting yeah well, i hope it's been interesting <laughs> yeah um i mean from my point of view it has been and uh, i hope that uh, those listening agree yeah but um thanks again for joining me becca yeah no problem thank you for having me well that was a very informative chat hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining you can follow me on twitter at the blind brennan send an email to theblindbrennan at gmail.com or join the facebook group listen with your eyes if you can like share and rate the podcast that'd be very much appreciated you've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time